What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 161 of the Designated Players Podcast. We're back with MLS History Retold as we cover a Red Bull story, shocker, and a Sporting Kansas City story, shocker. First, we will dive into the story of the Zardmeister. Those SKC faithful will know exactly what we're talking about, and if you don't, you're about to learn. Then, we dive into the infamous Amaro Guevara towel incident versus San Jose. My name is Andrew, joined with my good buddy Connor, and this is MLS History Retold. And now you play the music, and we go do-do-do-do-do-do. And now we start recording again. It's been a while. How are you? When's the last time we recorded? Has it, has it been a while? I feel like it has. We just did top 10 MVPs where you yelled at me. Yeah, I know, but it's been like I yelled at you so much. I forgot how long ago it was because that's how bad you are. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't heard that yet, you guys got to go listen to it. Connor says some dumb stuff. I yell at him. It's good old fashioned, like DP pod 1.0. It's, it's good stuff. You got to go back and listen to it. Uh, the yelling uh, was very like season one, season it, two. It felt like that, didn't it? Oh, it's been a while. It was yeah. kind of overdue. Well, because because we've been doing you can't really yell about history. It's there. Yeah, it happened. True. You did it. And then there were other things where it was like we did some MLS stories, some news, some things like that. But again, there there wasn't a lot of opinion. It was just there. Yeah. So yeah. so now that we're getting opinions and stuff, that's that's what we're talking about. So, uh, but not today. Today we're doing more history. We're doing some storytelling for those of us who aren't around. Um. But it seems like your scarf is not so much related. No, I don't have a SKC scarf uh, or a Wiz scarf. Although I, I almost kind of would rather get a Wiz scarf first before the SKC scarf. I feel like the Wiz scarfs are cool. Fair. Uh, so instead, I've gone for absolute pandemonium and gone for their brand new rivals. I've got the St. Louis scarf <laughs> out. Close like enough, it. right? I like it. I like it. Um, I myself, shocker, I know we're doing another Red Bull one. We've got like three Red Bull ones in a row, so be ready. Listen, listen, there's like 10 teams at this point in history. It's only so many stories you can get for each team. I broke out the glitch one. It looks Christmassy. It looks festive. And we were going to talk about one of my favorite topics uh, before we had to pivot. So I was very excited to celebrate some... uh, some Red Bull history, but instead we'll just retell it. But I believe you go first on this episode. So I think I should just give it to you and let you take it away. Yeah, I'll take it away from here. So, yes, we're talking Casey Wizards Zardmeister. So I apologize ahead of time, ahead of time Wizards fans. Uh, this was a little bit tough to research, hard to find a lot of stuff on it. So if I missed anything, I apologize. Um, definitely let us know because I would like to learn more about the story if there is more information. But as always, my source for this one, uh, an article from the New York Times called Serious Investment and Savvy Marketing Revive Soccer in Kansas City by Sam Borden and an article from The Athletic called A Sporting Chance, How the Kansas City Wiz Evolved into a Model Team for MLS by Jason Jenks. The 2002 Casey Wizards had a rough year, certainly compared to the double winning season they had just two years prior. They finished the season bottom of the Western Conference on 36 points. However, somehow made the playoffs behind a seriously weak Eastern Conference. In fairness to the Wiz, despite the regular the rough regular season, 
they put up a fight, at least for the first game, against the eventual champions and Supporter Shield champions, LA Galaxy. Attendance numbers for the year were bad. An average of 12,255 put them second bottom of the attendance charts, only behind San Jose. The average attendance across the whole league was 15,822, so they were sorely behind the ball. 2003 had to be different for the club. And what better way to get fan, to get more fan engagement than through a Zardmeister? However, things would not exactly go as expected. Now, you might be asking, what is a Zardmeister? I know I was before researching this story. So, Jason Jenks defines a Zardmeister, uh, specifically the Wizards one, as a fan or mascot or hype man who dressed in a wig and wore a microphone. <laughs> Essentially, someone to lead the fans and try and get them hyped up before, during, and after the game. The Wizardmeister was safe to say a tad bit disappointing, breaking out chants that make fight and win look like the Braveheart speech. One in particular seems to be mentioned fairly often, and that was the Me Likey Miola chant. Tony Miola, as we know, the second greatest MLS MVP in history, was the Wiz star keeper at the time. Hence the source of the chant. Another fan favorite was the chant, I'm a Zard, you're a Zard, we all are Zards. Season ticket holder Mike Gahan um, was even quoted as saying he heard him actually misspell Zard once. Fans like Mike were not pleased, but staff as well. Rob Thompson, SKC Chief Communications Officer, was quoted as saying, you think you're going to get cool people to embrace your team when you have the Zardmeister trying to get the whole crowd singing me likey Miola? Some more fan reactions included a message on a Wiz message board, which read, I brought a bunch of people with me that had never been to a game before, and rarely have I ever been more embarrassed. Another wrote, as soon as I heard him on the mic for the first time, I was in shock that the front office would think of something that stupid. Fan and community reaction prompted the inevitable, and I couldn't find a source for this one. We could talk with Andrew after this is over, but uh, the Zardmeister didn't even make it the whole season, was fired before that point. Uh, but the question has to be asked, did it work in getting more fans to the stadium? Well, MLS attendance numbers in 2003 looked like this. A league-wide average attendance of 14,898, actually a decrease in the average attendance from the prior season. Okay, well, how did the Wizards do during the regular season? They finished second in the Western Conference behind eventual champion San Jose, finishing on 42 points. A bit better than last season, but only by six points. Maybe that moves the needle slightly, but certainly that can't jump the jump attendance up that much. The Wiz finished the season with an average attendance of 15,573, meaning their attendance increased over 3,000 per game. Rather than finishing second to last in attendance, they finished fifth overall. How much of that can you attribute to the Zardmeister? Probably not much, if any at all. But maybe the Wiz executives happened to know something that the rest of us did not. I'm gonna say they did. Otherwise, we'd have them all over the league. That's true. Everybody would have one. <laughs> I got. I gotta say, we complain a lot about people like trying to Europeanize things and being like, "Oh, that's so cringe." This one, they got a point on this one. <laughs> this one, you can't argue with too much. Um, by the way, I, what I will say, fight and win 
actually a really good chant. Like I heard it this weekend on uh, the Portland Seattle game when done properly, really cool. But the fact that it is now like immortalized in one meme. Yeah. Just for that Seattle clip alone. It's just, not, it's, it's not always a meme now. The last note I have Zardmeister. That sounds like, you know, when you're like 12 year, years old, you make like your first email. That sounds like Giassi Zardes's <laughs> first email. Like that's, that's what Giassi Zardes would pick for his first email. That's so Zard, good. Zardmeister zero one one at gmail dot <laughs> I have to wonder if that was ever a nickname for him at any of the places he's been. If it's not, it should be now going forward. I, I think that's the only way I'm going to refer to him from now on is the Zardmeister. Bro, did you just see how the Zardmeister scored that goal for Austin? <laughs> what a G! <laughs> Uh, speaking of G's, mm-hmm. Amanda Guevara. Wow, G. that was uh, that was something. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not terrible, <laughs> but you know what is terrible? This towel incident. When I tell you, I've never seen tackles. Ch- I mean, I've seen bad tackles. I've seen the Brian Mullen tackle on Zakwani. I've seen. Nigel DeJong in the World Cup kicking through somebody's chest. The towel incident. If we're talking jail time, lifetime bans, this towel incident might be the only thing I'd say top of the top. So Amanda Govara, the only MVP in Red Bull history outside of, you know, how BWP got robbed and Terry Henry got robbed and all the other ones who got robbed. He's the only one who actually won it. He was fast. He was quick. He was skillful. And he was not immune to a cheeky uh, dive and roll every once in a while, if you know what I mean. Midweek, San Jose comes to visit good old Giant Stadium on July 3rd, right before uh, right before 4th of July. So we're all celebrating America. And sitting on the bench. Sorry, let me go back. It's a second half. Let's tell you where we are. It's a second half. Teams are level on the scoreboard. 80th minute of play. The ball rolls out of bounds underneath San Jose's covered bench. Sitting on said bench was Romario Corrales, who had just been subbed out after being absolutely tormented by Red Bull MVP Armando Guevara for 80 minutes. Score was 3-3, so it tells you how badly he was getting beat up. As Guevara went to retrieve the ball, he ran out, picked it up, and went to go take the throw quickly. But he felt a tug at his shorts, and his chance to get the ball back into play was impeded. As one does when somebody grabs your shorts, he looks around to see, referee, did you see that? And from this moment, terror struck on the soccer field. As Guevara was looking around to the referees, out of the covered benches, shot the weapon in question. The rolled-up, flicked towel slightly grazed Amando Guevara in the stomach area. And as we know, while the towel made contact with the jersey in the stomach area of Amando Guevara, the air from the whip traveled up into his facial area, causing him to collapse on the floor, holding his face motionless for seconds 
I mean, 30 seconds, didn't even move. That's how fierce this towel attack was. As the referee crew gets together and chats about the incident for what seemed like ages, probably because they were wondering whether or not they needed to call the police and have him arrested for this vicious and violent attack. Instead of sending him straight to jail, they decided just for the red card and dismissed Corrales for violent conduct. However, the AR on that side alerted to the center referee that there may have been just a smidge, just a pinch of exaggeration on the part of Guevara. And therefore, Guevara was also shown a yellow card for simulation, marking what I have to imagine was the first time a player was sent off while somebody also was seen by the referee crew as knowingly diving to get their attention. Never have I seen it done. Never have I found it in research. But a player was sent off because they did something that somebody dove to draw more attention to. The rest of the match actually was crazy from the 80th minute on. It was, they didn't lose a player because it was a bench player at the time. So he wasn't sent off from the field of play. So still 11 v 11. Uh, But our friend Cletus Mathis scored to make it 4-3 in the 91st minute. However, in true Metro Star fashion, the referee screws them again. He allows the game to restart before anybody is ready. Some guy named Landon Donovan drove up the field and scored in the 92nd minute to steal the point for San Jose. In the tale of crazy games and even crazier stories, the Armando Guevara towel incident is up there as one of the best in this league's wonderful history. I was not expecting you're on mute. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I'm assuming you agree with me that Corrales probably should still be in jail for this, for this ridiculous and vicious attack. I mean, I didn't see it, but if I'm going off of what you're explaining, I can't say I disagree with you. I'll send you the video. I got it. I don't know if I want to see the video. It sounds gruesome. Viewer discretion is definitely advised. I'm not I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that you uh actually described something negative towards the Red Bull player that's not named Rafa Marquez. We don't say that name on this podcast. I'm sorry. He slandering who him. He who shall not. Well, I guess I was. I was talking about you slandering him. You know who. He who shall not be named. He is on the same level as Lord Voldemort in Red Bull lore. Um, yeah, no, this one was bad. <laughs> this one was um, extremely funny now that you look back at it, but definitely one of those things where people who are like, oh, soccer is just a bunch of guys rolling around on the field. Well, don't show them this video if you're trying to prove them wrong. That's for sure. <laughs> this one, uh, this one doesn't give us any any good graces. I also forget all the time about how early on that Donovan guy started playing in the league. Right, oh like, three feels way too early for him, but it probably isn't realistically. No, it's right about where he, it's right about where he started. I think that was his rookie year. I I guess I always just picture. I always picture his galaxy days when they were kind of in the dynasty. And I always, for some reason, remember him as like a youngster then, but he really wasn't. His youngster days were San Jose. Yeah, it's crazy. And again, it's one of those things where you look at people and you're like, oh, they only did stuff with one team. But then there's so much more that can go into it. And 
yeah, Landon's got one of those careers like for OG MLS fans. Like, yeah, he was a he was a San Jose legend before he went to LA. But the people who are just coming in know him with Donovan, Beckham, Keane. Like those three were together. They didn't even like know that San Jose existed. <laughs> so true. We uh, we uh, we hope you enjoyed this rather quick episode of MLS History Retold. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you know when the next episode goes live which Connor is going to tell us all about what our next ones are. Yes. So Andrew will be telling us about Eddie Gavin in goal and Bob Bradley's fourth sub. Another RBNY story. What a legendary story. I love this one. And I will be talking about the 2003 U.S. Open Cup. We love a good cup story. That we do. And it's back to Chicago for that one. It is. It is Chicago. Uh, Well, make sure you are following everywhere you get your podcast so you know when that one goes live. Uh, make sure you're sharing with your friends if they are Red Bull fans or Fire fans or Wizards fans or MLS fans that want to learn more about the league, send them our way. We're more than happy to share with them. Make sure you're following us everywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, uh, so you can interact with us there. That's where we get most of our interaction. Uh, and stick around. We're also doing more top 10s. Our next one is either going to be top 10 goalkeepers in MLS, which really is going to be top nine plus number one, because we all know who that is. Um <laughs> We have a special scarf for that standing right there. And um, or it will be top 10 worst MLS DPs, which, again, is top nine plus one because we know who number one is. So we're really doing a top nine, but stick around for the top nine. Other than that, thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed and we will see you next time on the next episode of the Designated Players podcast. See ya.